Hello, everyone, and welcome to It's the Breakdown Podcast with Dee Malone. I am Dee Malone, and thank you so much for joining. I pray that this lesson will bless you immensely. So let's begin. The title of our lesson today is Delayed Awareness. Delayed Awareness. And so let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your word that became flesh, which is your son, Jesus. We thank you so much that we get to get wisdom and understanding and clarity from you about your word so that we know how to take this word and apply it to our lives. Thank you, God, for being God. And we love you. Bless your word. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. So... I've talked about this story before, but I believe that it bears repeating, and that is on the road to Emmaus. So now, to break this story down, there are two people walking from the crucifixion of Christ, and they are bogged down, they are disappointed, they are upset at the fact that the one they thought would be the Messiah, right, is now has been condemned and crucified. And so as they're walking, they are talking about the situation. They are in dismay. They are disappointed and they are going through it so much so that they don't even realize that the Messiah is walking with them. And in part because Jesus allowed them to not recognize him. He didn't want them to recognize him because he wanted to hear what they were saying. Now, of course, Jesus, when he's walking with us, he knows what we're thinking. He knows our thoughts are far off. He knows it. But I believe that this was for those two people to see that what they were so upset about was nonsense basically. And that goes the same for us. So we're going to look at Luke. And this is in chapter 24. And it starts at verse 13. And so again, these 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 two people are walking along. One of them we know his name is Cleopas. And so he's going in. And then Jesus begins to ask them a question. So what are you discussing together as you walk along? I believe he asks us this question. So sometimes we get so distracted by what happened or what didn't happen that we allow ourselves to become disappointed to the point where we're discussing the past events because we think the past has altered or destroyed the future. We're thinking, and they were thinking, oh, because the Messiah or the one that they thought was the Messiah is now crucified and, and that on the third day, you know, he's still gone while some of the women said they saw him. They were in disbelief of that. And so they thought, that whatever they their hopes were for the future, they thought their future hopes were dashed, that they were done. Because who they 
thought the Messiah was, who they heard the Messiah was. They thought it was Jesus, but yet they didn't truly believe it was Jesus. They didn't listen to the entirety of what the prophet said, that he would come, that he would be, he would be crucified, but that he would rise again on the third day. And they thought it's the third day we're walking back from Jerusalem on our way to Emmaus and we have no more hope because what has happened in the past has ended what's going to happen in the future. And I don't know about you, but there have been so many times where there have been things that have happened in the past that didn't go quite the way I expected them to go. And so instead of looking at who's with me, and being present in the moment and then looking towards the future because Jeremiah 29 and 11 says that there is a future for us. There is great hope for us. I've gotten bogged down looking backwards and in looking in the past and discussing this, this event, they missed the fact that Jesus just crept up on them and is actually walking with them. They don't even recognize him. There's someone with them. They recognize that there's a man with them, that there's somebody asking them questions, but they don't realize it is the one that they have been hoping for. It is the Messiah. They didn't recognize, Jesus didn't let them recognize because he saw that they were so caught up in this discussion about the past events, they did not believe yet. It wasn't until they had gotten into Emmaus and Jesus was pretending to walk off or he was Jesus. And the Bible says that he was, he was acting as though he was going to go off, but they convinced him. They talked him into staying. And as they sat down to break bread and they sat down to eat dinner, right? Once Jesus breaks the bread, whoa, eyes are opened and they now recognize that they were sitting with the Messiah. They were walking with the Messiah the whole time. And then they felt like, whoa, how did we not realize that? Why did our hearts not burn as we were walking? Why didn't, why didn't our hearts recognize that we were with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords? Why didn't we recognize that? Because they had not fully believed that the Messiah, that the Jesus of Nazareth was the actual Messiah. Because had they believed that he was the Jesus, the Messiah, then they would have recognized him because they wouldn't have been so bogged down with what had taken place. They would have known that on the third day he will rise again. That he was coming back. And we get that way. We get so caught up in what didn't happen 
that we have this delayed awareness that the Messiah, the Prince of Peace is walking with us. So we're stressed out. We're upset that this didn't work out and that didn't work out. And that, that whatever we thought was going to happen in the future has crumbled that we miss, that God is walking with us. He's comforting us. He's talking to us. He's trying to get us to to understand that what we're talking about is foolish. It doesn't even matter. So if we go down to uh, Luke chapter 24, verse 25, it reads, He said to them, how foolish you are. And how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? So here we see we have to go through some things in order to get to what God has promised us, that it takes preparation. Some things have to happen in order for us to get to the next. But we want everything to be so easy and we want nothing to come under trials and tribulations. We want our lives to be on easy street. He didn't promise us that. And so when it's not on easy street and we don't, we stop believing that God is going to do what he said he was going to do. We stop believing in the promise. We stop believing in the promise maker. Because the promise that we thought was happening didn't come to fruition. And so we no longer believe that the promise maker is with us. And he should never fail. And that his promises are yes and amen. We stop believing in the promise maker as the one who loves us. We miss out on the miracle of his resurrection because we're so busy being upset that he died. We're so busy stuck on the fact that he was crucified that we miss the fact that that was supposed to happen. We're so busy being upset at the job that we lost, not understanding that was supposed to happen. I can't put you into the new unless I take you out of the old. I can't rise unless I die. Some things have to die in order for the new to live. And if we continue with the delayed awareness, we're telling God that we don't believe him. We're telling God that we don't believe Jeremiah 29 11. We don't believe Isaiah 43 19. We don't believe that he, that, that he would live. He says that you should live and not die. I came that you would have life and life more abundantly. Now, I don't want anybody to get this twisted. Promises are not all financial gain. It's not all material things. The promises of God are the peace, the joy, 
the strength that we need, the security of knowing that we are wrapped in his arms, that we are loved. That's a promise. I, he loves us. That's a promise. He promised that he would not allow the floods to rise again. That's a promise. He said, I promise I will make your descendants as many as there are grains of sin. That's a promise. Don't get caught up in the failures or the things that did not go the way that you wanted them to go because in those failures, God is still working and he's still so good. And he's still so good. My, my, my family it's not the same. It's it's not how I thought it was going to be. And I had spent so many days and nights grieving. And God would say to me, I'm still here. And I can remember it one day like it was yesterday. I was so upset. And he allowed me to grieve over what I thought would be. But in that space, I had to realize, my darling, you're missing out on what is. What is, is that while my dad and my brother may not be the exact same or what I thought that they would be or how they would be at this very moment, my God, I'm so grateful that they're here. They're present. They have their wherewithal. So sometimes we could allow ourselves to become stressed out and anxious because we want things our way. And here's the thing, we're not in control of what God wants to do in our lives. But if he says that I'm not trying to harm you, then you gotta know that if he says in Romans 8:28 for all things work together for the good of those who are called and according to his purpose who love the Lord then he's going to make sure that everything works together for our good for all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Everything has purpose. Even when things seem to go wrong, it has a purpose. God is not lack in his purpose. God says, I will never fail. I can never fail. He could never lie. So if something is supposed to happen, it's going to happen. But the minute that we don't believe, he says, how foolish you are. How slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. All. You can't take bits and pieces. We cannot take bits and pieces of the word of God and, and believe only parts of it and then expect for us to see what God is doing. Because we're focused on the wrong things. 
And so he says, fix your thing, fix your eyes on things that are right, true, honorable, pure, admirable. God says, fix your eyes on me. I'm those things. And when we fix our eyes on Jesus, we won't be stuck lamenting, which means disappointed or or or, or dreading or it going over and, and overthinking and sulking and things that were supposed to happen. Things that would catapult us into the next. Jesus had to die on the cross so that our sins would be forgiven. He paid the ultimate sacrifice for us to have life and life eternally. And so these two people, as they're walking and they're so disappointed at the fact that the religious leaders, you know, sent Jesus up to be killed, that they missed the fact that they're telling this story to the one who lived it, the one who died on the cross. God wants us to be very aware of his presence. He wants to be in the presence. He wants to be he wants us to be in his presence. He wants us this this the fullness of joy in his presence. He wants us to have this relationship with him. He wants us to believe. That's why he says, "Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understandings. When we lean to our own understandings, that's what causes us to have a delayed awareness of Jesus being in the midst of our situation. My God is still in the midst of my situation. He's never left. He's never forsaken me. He's never left you. He's never forsaken. While things might not be the way I thought they were be would be that's because I'm leaning to my own understanding but God he says if you would just trust me if you would just believe all that the prophets have told you if you would just believe that I am who I say I am I am the Messiah I am the Lord of your life I am the source of your strength that everything you need I will supply but you gotta seek me first you gotta trust in me you gotta believe that I got your best interest at heart that I got your back your front your side from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet I got your mama I got your daddy I'm covering your whole family, the ones you've lost and the ones that are still here. Sometimes we, we cry over what we don't have for too long and it makes us miss out on the fact that what we do have is in front of us. We still have the Messiah and he should be enough. More than enough. And so we don't want to be blinded 
and unable. We don't want the Lord to keep us unable to recognize because we're so busy focusing on the wrong things. And there's their, 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 their ability to recognize him was primarily because they did not believe. When things go wrong, if we stop believing that he is still good, he is still on the throne, and he is still a way maker, he's still a miracle worker, he's still going to do what he said he's going to do, then we'll be able to see because we believe sometimes we we let our expectations push us into despair when they are not met but God knows what he's doing we have to believe that he knows what he's doing and he loves us and he's not trying to harm us So I pray that this has blessed you. And again, study Luke 24, starting at verse 13, all the way down to verses 33. Because once he recognized, once the two men recognized, I believe it was two men, but the the Bible only tells us one name. So once the two people recognized Jesus after the bread was broken, they ran back to tell once we recognize that Jesus is there with us we got to run back and tell people that he's still on the throne he's still doing miracles he's still our God he's still the Messiah he still loves us we have to tell the world because there are so many people who are lost and there are so many people who are walking just like these two people on their way disappointed about what has not happened or what happened that they think that their future is ruined no my love your future is still ahead of you your future is still ahead so we gotta tell the world about the one who can save everybody the one who has saved everybody but we must accept the salvation it is time to repent of our sins And ask the Lord to come into our hearts, accept him as our savior, and share with the world just how good he is and how great of a savior he is. Share with the world that the savior is risen. He is alive and he's walking with us and he's talking to us. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you so much for opening our eyes, for allowing us to see that you are with us. Forgive us, Lord, for our delayed awareness. Forgive us for focusing on the things that that we thought were to be. Forgive us for our unbelief. Help us with our unbelief. Help us to believe that you are our all in all. Help us to put you first. Help us to keep you at the forefront of our minds. Your word at the top of our hearts and on the tip of our lips. Help us, Lord God, to recognize you in our situations and to remember that only you can give us a future. 
that you hold our hope. We thank you, Lord, and we honor you and we worship you. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. I love you. Keep your eyes open and focused on Jesus. That's for you and I both. God is working things out. He's doing a new thing. He shall not fail us. But we have to put him first. And we have to understand and believe him. And know that the things that may take place are happening because they're supposed to happen. And he's in control, not us. I love you. Be blessed. But more importantly, be a blessing. See ya.